What's up, everybody? Hello there. Episode 409 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4. I am your host, RJ Carbone. And yes, you are listening to episode 409 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA occasionally on weekends. The Yankees just finished up a sweep, a four-game sweep of the Boston Red Sox. Now, we did, um, this was a four-game series, so sometimes what we will do for four-game sets is split the series in half. So if you want to go check out the first half recap of that series, go to episode 408. But for this episode, we will be mainly recapping the second portion of the series, the third and fourth game. I went to Saturday? No. Friday. I went to Friday, Friday night's game, the second game of the set. And I also went to um, tonight's game, Sunday, the Sunday night game. So we're going to talk about the third and fourth game of the set, recap the series, go over our feature position players, introduce a new little um, thing we've got going here in the pod, a trust tree for the rotation, bullpen, and top two hitters we trust in a big spot. We will um, do all that. The question of the day, our who am I, our parlay, and more. All right, so let's get to it. Let's get right into the show, and let's discuss the third game of this set, which, again, this one took place on Saturday afternoon, where the Yankees defeated the Red Sox 5-4. You had Domingo Herman going up against Nick Pavetta, who's been one of the better, I think, pitchers for the Red Sox this year. Uh, don't quote me on that, but last time I remember, he was pretty decent. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah, scoring right away was the Yankees in the bottom of the first. Glaber Torres smacking a home run, making it one nothing. Top of the second, Casas and McGuire homer for Boston. So it's 3-1 Red Sox. Then it's 3-2 Red Sox when in the bottom of the second. IKF drives in a run via a single. Bottom of the fourth, Oswaldo Cabrera home run, four to three Yankees. Bottom of the fifth, Donaldson gets a run in with an infield single to make it five three Yankees. Casas walks in a run in the sixth. In the seventh, Verdugo ties it up with a single. It's five five. But in the bottom of the seventh, what ends up being the game winning home run was when Anthony Rizzo went deep to make it seven five Yankees. The Yankees would win. Um, yeah, the uh, Yankees scored. It was seven five, by the way, not five four. I think I said five four at the top. Seven five was the final. Uh, they scored seven runs on five hits, five singles, three home runs, six RBIs, oh, six RBIs, six walks, um, twelve strikeouts, two for seven with runners in scoring position, and the Yankees were caught on the bases stealing one time. Uh, Glaber Torres led the team with two hits and a home run. He barreled the living shit out of the home run. It was number 24 on the year for him. It was a no-doubter as I crack my neck. Um, Anthony Rizzo, Josh Donaldson, Giancarlo Stanton. Um, let's see who else. Oswaldo Cabrera. IKF and Higashioka each pick up a hit. Rizzo homered, 
walked and had two RBIs. Donaldson walked, had an RBI. Stanton struck out three times, left four on base. Um, Cabrera homered, walked, had two RBIs. IKF picked up an RBI, and Higgy picked up a single. Um, Judge and Bader were 0 for 3 with a walk. Bader did make an excellent catch late in the game to save runs with Clark Schmidt in, in the game there. I like what Bader does, man. He gets under the ball as he's about to catch it, kind of positions himself for the throw right before he makes the actual catch. It's pretty cool. I think he's known for that. Um, Aaron Hicks drew a walk. Trevino was 0 for 1 in a pinch or in a late at-bat opportunity. Um, Pitching-wise, Domingo Herman threw for the Yankees back in the rotation. Thank God. Um, Five innings, three runs, three hits, a walk, five strikeouts, two homers allowed. 66 pitches. Um, yeah, he wasn't that good, but he wasn't that bad. Uh, it was just the long ball that, that that bit him. And that's the one thing that worries about worries me about Herman is that he does give up some long balls. And when his, he's got to be precise with his location. He's got to be, if he doesn't have his grade A command, that's going to worry me in the playoffs. Because he doesn't have electric... Velocity, his velocity is not going to be 95, 99. It's going to be more 93. Um, and he does hang some curveballs here and there, as good as that arc is to it. So the one thing that worries about me, fucking can't speak. I tell you, man, I do this often. It's because I, I speak too fast. But the one thing that worries me about Herman is that he doesn't always have the best command, and that can lead to some home runs. But I thought he threw well. Um, was at, was done after 66 pitches. I mean, th- there's, there's saving for the postseason, and then there's removing a professional baseball starting pitcher after 60 pitches. Two different things. It's just, it's it's absurd to me. Like, I, I get it, but that's that's 60-something pitches right there. You can let the guy throw 20 more. That'll get him to 86. That's nothing. Give him another inning. Let him go out there for for, for one more time around the order even if it looks good. I mean, Jesus Christ. But he threw okay. Uh, The bullpen, four innings, two runs. (laughs) Zach Britton uh, made his return. A third of an inning... A run, a hit, three walks, and 19 pitches needed for all that. Awful. Just straight awful. And I don't blame Britton. I mean, he's, you know, when the guy is healthy, he walks the entire ballpark. Um, You know, not being efficient is who he is. This is Boone. You're going to go out there and run tests with the pitcher who hasn't thrown a baseball in over a year during a two-run game with the middle of the order up in the middle of a pennant race where the Yankees are still going for the division at the time, that's when you decide to test the waters. Like, I would have just waited till the Yankees had a laugher. I don't know. It's it's all nonsense because they won anyway, and who cares? Uh, Trevino... After that, an inning, a run, a hit, two strikeouts. This dude is kind of a run-allowing machine. (laughs) And yeah, the ERA with the Yankees is low. It's like two. But the inherited runners come across too. 
all the time when he comes in. I think he's allowed a combined 11 runs between earned runs and inherited runs in 18 innings as a Yankee. Not good. And people are so quick, for some reason, to toss that stat aside. Inherited runners and ignore that. And just look at ERA. And ERA plus. Like, and, you know, I guess it makes sense because most fans are the soft, younger, biased New York Yankees fans who are going to be more stubborn than a six-year-old man is. That's literally, they're just, they're just going to say what they say and they're not going to try to reason. But that's literally the job of a relief pitcher is to prevent those runners that you inherit. You know, it's like, hey, Lou Trevino, so-and-so before you put these two runners on base and we don't exactly trust him to get out of it. So we're going to rely on you and put our faith in you to get this done. That's that's what a reliever does. He's supposed to come in and clean up the mess. That's like the definition of a relief pitcher. So I just feel like we should put more emphasis on relief pitchers allowing those inherited runners to score. And Lou Trevino has do, Trevino has done that a lot. Um, yeah, no, it, it's I don't know. It's kind of just been swept under the rug. I feel like. Just because the ERA looks good. Because inherited runners don't go on your line. Lichty threw two-thirds of an inning after that. No runs, three hits, a walk, two strikeouts. Schmidt, an inning, no runs, a strikeout. And then Efros saved, closed, and got the save. His third save of the year, I believe. Um, An inning, no runs came across. Shaky early. A little shaky early. Hit. I think he let a hit. Um, a walk, and there was a hit batter in there. But then he got it done. And that was it. The Yankees won the first game of the set. I score 7-5. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. No, I don't think that was it. Second game took place tonight. The Yankees took it 2-0. Six-inning game because of the rain. Um... Nesta Cortez going up against Brian Bello. Bottom of the fourth, Jose Trevino singled. Bottom of the sixth, the Yankees scored another run um, when Ref Snyder made an error out in right field. Off the bat of Marvin Gonzalez, and it was 2-0 Yankees. Um, and then it started downpouring. It was coming down, and uh, the Yankees won in six. I was there. Had a good time. It was an interesting uh, night. The the drive to Yankee Stadium was a, a just a colossal mess. Um, traffic, road rage, um, take the back roads and these random communities. It was a joke. Just 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 dodging traffic, almost getting hit, almost hitting. So it was it was just anxiety central. We finally get to the stadium. Quicker than we thought we'd be there. It was like in the middle of the bottom of the first. Um, the people next to us, the person next to me, during the Oswaldo Cabrera double, puked. Straight up projectile vomiting on the seat in front of them. And so we had to call maintenance. You have to get maintenance from Yankee Stadium to clean it up. And while they were doing that, they let us sit in like the VIP seats, like the, the cushion seats, right right above us. We were in two thirty four, the final row. 
so we got to sit in the actual ground level of this you know the, not the ground level but the you know where people walk around the mall area and got free drinks <laughs> so and then we get the rain delay so we spent more time in the car um then then more time out of our seats than in our seats watching the baseball game uh, but the Yankees won and and so that was good. They scored two runs in, in six innings, uh, six hits, three singles, three doubles, two walks, four strikeouts, one for eleven. Not great with runners in scoring position. Two stolen bases. Peraza was two for three, doubled his third double already. Judge Cabrera, Bader, Trevino, each had a hit. Judge the leadoff double. He walked, and then he flew out, and Yankee Stadium went nuts when he when he hit the fly ball. God. Um, Cabrera hit his seventh double already. Bader hustled out an infield single. Trevino picked up the first RBI of the game. Hey, I am one of Sanchez. I was one of Sanchez's biggest critics. Um, I've been one of Jose's bigger fans. I go to two games this weekend, and in both of those games, Jose Trevino produces RBS. Just saying. Gleyber Torres was 0 for 2 with the walk. Rizzo, Hicks, and Marwin were 0 for 3. Rizzo left 4 on base. Um, the best part of this game, Nestor Cortez, who is our featured starting pitcher of the series. Yes, Nestor Cortez goes 6 innings, no runs, 5 strikeouts, 2 walks, a hit. Which was a double, 101 pitches throw, uh, thrown. Hey man, Nestor is having himself a season. He's now 11 and four on the year. He's got the ERA down to 2.56. Has thrown 151 innings. So he's been working for them. 151 strikeouts, 107 hits allowed in those innings, and 36 walks. Just a 195 batting average against for Nestor. A whip under 1, 0.95. And only 16 home runs. You gotta love that. 16 home runs and 27 starts. That's an ace right there. That's an ace right there. That is. Oh. So Nestor was one of our featured starting it was it was our featured starting pitcher of the series. I mean six innings. I mean I believe that counts as a complete game shutout, too. I believe. I think it does, which is hilarious. Um, but, yeah, this is this is the ace. This is your game one starter if I'm a GM. Um, I don't care about the politics. I think politics are garbage. They're nonsensical. Um, that mentality has to go. Like this whole, this guy must do this because of this. Reputation, ego, money, contract, experience, veteranship, none of that shit should matter. It should only be about who's producing for me. But unfortunately, that's not how things work with the Yankees. It's all politics. Um, Which is why Montas, I believe, which is why Montas is on the DL and not just not part of the team. Because he's got a phantom injury. Um, Yeah, Nestor Cortez is is easily your ace. Um, the bullpen of this game, four innings, two runs. Britain threw a third of an... Oh no, that wasn't Britain. I'm reading the wrong stat. The bullpen didn't pitch. 
because that's their three complete game. Sorry. Um. Yeah, no, that, that's it. Aaron Judge. I mean, that was kind of the headline of the series. Each game the Yankees won, the win didn't seem to be the headline. <laughs> seemed to be, can Judge do it tomorrow instead? But he didn't get it done at home. Folks were hoping he got at least tied at home. A lot of pressure on him this series, you could tell. Some of his at-bats, he looked like he was pressing a little bit. Um, I mean, Yankees fans were on their feet every single at-bat. Judge was at the plate. Sell-out crowds, and I know because I was there twice, and it was probably over the capacity. I mean, to get into the building was a joke. There were still people, tons of thousands of people filing in uh, well past first pitch. Um, but hopefully, hopefully soon, hopefully soon Aaron Judge can get it. Um, so we can start focusing on what really matters here. I just want to win the division, sure. But even after winning the division, I want to keep winning. I don't give two shits about like individual stats for that. That's that's tertiary for me. It's winning, winning, and then the stats. Um, like just just win, win the division. And then win the rest of those games after the division so you can go into the playoffs hot. Um, I also want to have 100 wins on. I, I, want, I want to see them get 100 wins. They have to go, I think, 6-4 now. But, yeah, no, let me just let me just say one thing. Right, and, and then we'll wrap it up with this whole home run thing. The, the, like, I get it. You do a certain amount of you hit a you hit a certain amount of home runs. You you, you got to respect it, but this idea from Yes Network, from the media, from certain fans, that opposing pitchers have to just pander to the Yankees and groove a fastball down the dick to Aaron Judge is is just laughable. Like, don't get mad. Like. One thing to do, you could boo the pitcher for not pitching to him at the stadium. That's just fans having fun. But literally, like, they were having legit conversations about it in Yes, on Yes Network in the booth. Like, about having respect for what Judge is doing. And they're, like, they're, they're, they're the opposing pitcher for the Red Sox. And like, they're going to do their jobs. If I was a pitcher, I don't care how much respect Judge has commanded. I'm trying to get him out. I'm trying to not let him beat me. And if I have to pitch it outside, try to get him to chase, I will do that. I'm not grooving him a fastball. I'd rather walk him than him hit a home run against me because I want to do what's best for my team. (laughs) I just don't get that. I don't know. It was weird to me. But, again, that's it. Done talking about that. I think he'll be fine. And, And, you know... Starting to become like a thing. Will he even get it? There are only ten games, I believe, left. Um, who else? Stanton was off tonight. Oswald Peraza, dude can hit. He could hit. It's impressive that he's hit this much with very sporadic playing time. He barely plays, but he's hitting. He's eight for twenty-seven. That's two ninety-six with three doubles. Three walks and five home, uh, five strikeouts in twelve games. 
please keep playing him. Because every time he does play, he hits. So that's, you know, a team that believes in hot would play him. But this is the Yankees. Um, I, I don't know that they will. But, yeah, Peraza, I, I would love to see him in there tomorrow against Toronto. Young talent going up against another team with young talent. Glaber Torres. I want to talk about uh, Glaber Torres. Because Glaber's one of our position players, our featured position players of the series. Now, this series, Glaber was 3 for 12. A single, a double, and a homer. Three RBIs, four walks, four strikeouts, one run scored, and seven total bases for Glaber in these four games. On the year, Glaber has the average up to 251, on base at 307, the slugging at 448, and the OPS at 755 now. So there you go. He's, he's, you know, putting himself together a better season. 24 homers, 70 RBIs, 10 stolen bases. He's turning his season. It was ugly for about a month and a half for him. It really was. Post-All-Star break for a whole long time. It looked like dog shit. The focus was not there. The, the lapses in the field on the bases at the plate were all awful. But he seems locked in again. And it seems like this is just who he is. He's very streaky. He's going to have lulls. He's going to have peaks. Right now he's peaking. Um, so he's having a solid year overall when you look at the numbers. He could, you know, again, my goal for him is to be 260, 800. I don't know how realistic that is with just 10 games remaining, but we'll see. So Glaber has had a good, good stretch for a while now. Um, and he keeps winning feature position player spots. You know who does too? Oswaldo Cabrera. I gave him one of the featured spots of the series. He was 3 for 12. Single, a double, and a homer himself. Two RBIs, two walks, three strikeouts. Four runs scored and seven total bases in these four games he played. He's batting 233 on the year. His OPS is up to 709. Because he's slugging. He's getting some extra base hits in 34 games. Oswaldo Cabrera has four home runs, seven doubles, 17 RBIs, and two stolen bases. Kid's fun to watch, man. He's fun to watch. He hits the ball hard, puts up good at-bats, always putting up quality at-bats. That's one thing that goes overlooked. And, of course, he's playing really good defense. Wherever you ask him to, he'll do it. That's the most impressive part to me. Kid plays where he go, or wherever he's asked, asked, and he does it well. Also, got to give a quick shout out and credit to Josh Donaldson because Daddy Donaldson is hitting. Um, in his last 15 games, Josh Donaldson is hitting 304, four extra base hits, 10 RBIs, eight walks. He's going the other way more. He's barreling up the ball, level swing. It looks he's got such a nice swing that when he gets hit, it's fun to watch. Um, and I, you know, I might have said this on, on the last show. I wouldn't be shocked if Donaldson really played a big factor in the postseason and, and started to rake. I just have a weird feeling. Veteran who's been there before, he's had some clutch moments. I don't know. We're gonna go over a little trust tree 
So what we're going to do when we get back from break is go over the two uh, starting pitchers who I trust the most in a big game in order. Then we're going to go over the two relief pitchers who I trust the most in a big game in order, in a big spot. And then we'll go over the top two hitters that I trust in a big spot. All right, And we'll update this every episode. So I got my lists for this one. A little trust tree. First, we're going to head to a quick break, get back, and we'll go over it. Stay with us one sec. Hey guys, so if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to BD4blog.com, you can find the blog the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 409 of the podcast. Let's get to it. Let's go over our trust tree right now. So I'm going to go over the first two starting pitchers here, as you can see on the screen, that I trust in order. I would go Nestor Cortez. As my most trusted starting pitcher right now. He's my number one guy. And then I think the guy I trust right after that. I know he's just coming back from the DL. But Luis Severino. I think that's my number two most trusted pitcher. Is Luis Severino. As we go to the bullpen. This is this one was harder to do. But I have Ron Marinaccio. As my number one most trusted relief pitcher right now. Now, Wandy Peralta, remember, just hit the DL. So I'm not counting guys who are injured. Um, so I, I, you know, it's they're kind of going through a rough patch right now. Marinaccio is one of those who's not exactly pitching great lately, but he's been pretty steady all year, pretty solid. And I just think I, I I've always had a trust for him for some reason. I just like this guy. Not for some reason, he's good. He's got a great changeup that fades in on the right-hander. He's got a good fastball. And, you know, when his breaking ball's on, it's a decent pitch, too. He could pitch. I trust him. I have this just this comfortable feeling when he's out there. And then, two, I, I again, the bullpen is, is scuffling right now. So this might seem odd. But Johnny Lasagna. He's had some hiccups lately, uh, but he has pitched better for a little bit now. And I think I trust Johnny Lasagna more than anybody else um, besides Ron Marinaccio. I mean, go around the pen. I I don't trust Clay Holmes. I don't trust Chapman, who is about to get DFA'd. Uh, I don't really trust Litke in high leverage, big moment spots. No. 
Um, geez, I mean, I, I don't. I, I we spoke just moments ago about how I'm not the biggest Lou Trevino guy right now. You know, with the whole inherited runners thing. So that's not. He's not one. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe you could go Scott Efros, but he just got back off the DL, so I need to see more from him. This is like a thing that's going to change. This is this is more like who's hot for me lately. That's what this list is. Um, Clark Schmidt, no. I, I, it would be weird for me to do that. I just kind of ripped him in the last episode. I don't really trust him, honestly. Um, Britain, obviously, no. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think I'm going I'm going Ron Marinaccio 1 and, and Lasagna 2. That's my most trusted in that order. Now, as we go to the lineup, most trusted batters in a big spot. I think everybody's got to go Aaron Judge with number one. I don't think that's a question. The thing is, who's going to be your number two? Who's the guy you trust? Who's the second most trustworthy guy in a big spot right now? And I think, as weird as this may sound, Glaber Torres, because he is locked in. And when he is locked in, He's the guy I trust in the clutch. Um, he's got the postseason resume, so he's done it in big moments before. He's had a bunch of walk-offs. He has the most walk-offs since he's entered the league, um, unless that's changed since a few months ago. But, yeah, I, I think I have to go one Aaron Judge, two Glaber Torres. So that's our trust tree as far as the relief pitching goes, the starting pitching, and the position players. That's our trust tree. Just a little fun little uh, fun little segment that I guess we've added in. But yeah, the Yankees are hot. They've won 15 out of 19 now. That is a 789 win percentage on this 15 and 4 stretch. Seven games in a row they've won. That's a 100, 1,000 clip. Um, so they sweep Boston, finish off the sweep. That's the last game they'll play against Boston this year. Um, and now Toronto is next with the magic number down to two. So all they have to do is is win one game in Toronto and the division is officially clinched. Um, and I love that the Yankees clinched a playoff spot in the first game of the set and didn't celebrate this time with champagne and, and, and you know, strobe lights and smoke machines in the clubhouse. Little determination, little fire, little focus, maybe in there after all, right? That was good to see. I liked seeing that they didn't celebrate. We'll head to our final break and we'll wrap this up with the question of the day, our parlay, and um, our who am I? Stay with us. Be right back. Studio Sixty Nine Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born.
All right. Welcome back to the show, episode 409 of BD4. Our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day for this episode is, who was the most recent Yankee to win a Triple Crown in what year? By the way, Judge is uh, back on top in terms of the Triple Crown. Who was the most recent Yankee to win a Triple Crown and what year? All right. So let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And by the way, we have changed our Facebook to BD4. So it's no longer RJ Carbone. So if you're looking for me on Facebook, it's BD4. If you're looking for me on Twitter, I also have a Twitter for BD4. Uh, It's at BD4blog. Or pod, sorry. So I'm on Twitter, at BD4pod. At BD4pod on Twitter. And of course, I'm on Instagram, at Rob J. Carbone. So one last time, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is, who was the most recent Yankee to win a Triple Crown and what year? All right, if you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout-out on the next episode. If you do not get it correct, I'll let you know what the answer is in the next episode. Now, for episode 408, friend of the show, Greg Gill actually got the answer correct. We had a true or false episode for 408. <clears throat> for 408, it was um, true or false. Aaron Judge is currently top 15 in home runs for franchise history and franchise history. And he's fucking right. He said true. He's actually fucking 12th, Judge. But Greg Gill from Yankee Crazy Podcast, go subscribe to that show if you have not yet. He nailed it. Thanks for playing, Greg. Let's get to our parlay. Welcome to RJ's Parlay, where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's big parlay. If I hit, no, I'm sorry, fucked it up again. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose it all tomorrow night, because that's how this works. Welcome to RJ's Parlay. Tonight's big parlay was just a quick two-pick parlay. We have the Yankees' money line and the Mets' money line, and we cashed. Both of those happened. The Yankees won, the Mets won. We cashed the plus 106 two-pick parlay. We're on a roll right now, man. We are on a roll. Let's wrap it up with our Who Am I? Now, if you are new to the show, we give you a former Yankee, and we tell you which years he played for the Yankees and other teams, and then we give you a hint and tell you the handedness of that player, and you're going to get one minute to guess who it is. All right? So let's get to that, but real quick, going to head to a final break.
I just had the mic fucking muted for a good minute there. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the show, guys. I'm sorry for that fucking moment of silence. Um, so who am I? I played for Kansas City in 1967. Oakland from 68 to 75. Baltimore in 76. The Yankees from 77 to 81. California from 82 to 86. And then Oakland in 87. I am a left-handed hitter. So one last time before you guys get a chance to guess. Who am I? Played for Kansas City in 1967. Oakland from 1968 to 1975. Baltimore in 1976. The Yankees from 1977 to 1981. California from 1982 to 1986. And Oakland in 1987. I am a left-handed hitter. Who am I? You guys get one minute to guess who this is starting now. So the answer to our Who Am I for episode 409 is Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson is the answer to the question. Alright guys, that's it. That's all I got. The Yanks finish off the sweep against Boston and that is it. As far as these two teams meeting again in 2022. As far as this episode, this podcast goes, I'll see you in 410. At the end of the Toronto series. Uh, sometime in the coming week or so. I want to get a Knicks episode out there. And do our preseason predictions and stuff. Or regular season projections. Um, we'll have that out. Hopefully sometime in the next week or two. Alright guys. That's it. I'll see you in the next one. Episode 409 of the books. Yanks finish off the sweep. I'll see you next time. Alright guys. Ciao. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.